Hello, and welcome to the In Your Interest podcast. My name is Ashley, and today we're back in the studio for the second part of our look ahead on 2024. We have our guest, Marc Gagnon, Portfolio Manager for North American Equities, and of course, my colleague, Sebastien McMahon. So today we'll continue talking about 2024 forecasts for financial markets. So hi, both of you. Hello, Ashley. Hello, Ashley. All right. So if we continue our discussion from last week, how do you both see 2024 unfolding and how should the markets behave through it all? Yeah, sure. The, the, the behavior of the markets in 2024 could be uh, interesting. So at the end of the year, I think we pretty much both agree that we should have positive returns when it's all said and done. But the road there could be uh, interesting. So one st- study that we'd like to look at, which covers like more than 100 years of data, suggests just that usually when the Fed starts cutting rates, after that, we tend to see the markets make a bottom. So the moral here is that not every market is the same, every environment is different, but it's not because the Fed starts cutting rates that all of a sudden volatility disappears from the, from the market. We can still have some bouts of volatility through the year. So, you know, keeping your emotions in check will be important this year. Having a strategy for the long run, being staying in the market, staying diversified will be very important. But uh, it's not because we expect a positive year that uh, that necessarily means that we'll have a year that is uh, without volatility. Yes, and we discussed uh, the, the last session, uh, Sebastian, how sustainable the decline in inflation has to be because we know that the, the different central banks, they don't want to fight the inflation dragon again uh, from, you know, in a couple of months or in a couple of years. So what I could envision, and that could be funny, it's, let's say we have a couple of good news on the inflation front and then the market, you know, start like, especially the stock market, it, it rises, you know, very strongly. And then it stops and say, whoa, is it going to be sustainable? And will it stay like that? So then the market will go down and, oh, okay, a couple of other negative news, for example, on the economic, the market will rise again. So a lot of the stop and go, you know, that that's exactly a definition of, you know, a, a, a market that is always like, ah, oh, yeah, no, maybe, I'm not sure. But at the end, ultimately, when you go through all these ups and downs, that's how difficult for, you know, the average investors and even the professional ones we should have an interesting years for the yeah. stock market. And two, two important stories to follow. This year's an election year in the U.S. Uh, for for reasons you know uh, that make sense or not, the market tends to be uh, mostly positive those years. 83% of the election years since 1928 have been positive with an average return of 11.3%. So that's uh, just a long-term stat. So it doesn't mean it's going to be happening this year. But let's say the odds are on the side of the U.S. stock market. But on the other side of the equation, you have high multiples in the U.S. So the U.S. stock market seems more expensive than, let's say, outside of the U.S. So we could also see, you know, money always moves from one market to another. So we could see uh, investors taking money out of the U.S. stock market and go elsewhere. Maybe that could put the brakes on the U.S. stock market. That's a possibility. But I would like to say about that, though, that the the evaluation of the U.S. market, when you remove those Magnificent Seven that we talked about, about uh, last week, uh, the, the valuation falls uh, significantly or significantly enough to be close, you know, to a normal valuation. And when I take those Beneficent 7 that are a bit expensive, but I look at the growth and profit, they're not that bad. So, yeah, the U.S. market is might be a bit overvalued, but 
not to the extent that we can clearly say, to at least to my point of view, that it's not going to perform. You know, maybe uh, the other market will be more in a, you know in average. Uh, they will be more look alike in terms of return. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, for example, the Canadian market will have a performance much closer than the U.S. market this year. But uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, something that will be important to uh, in- interesting to watch. And do you guys have any bold predictions to make? Anything that's unlikely to happen but could still make a difference this year? Maybe I can go first here out of uh, courtesy. Let, 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 let me <laughs> say something that might He's be wrong first. So uh, the uh, I think this year uh, the bonds might outperform the U.S. stock market. Uh, in 2023, we also did expect a strong year from bonds that really materialize. As we're you know recording this, we're mid December and bonds are in positive territory for the year, but you know trailing the U.S. stock market, which is much stronger. So in 2024, if we do have some volatility coming from the economic picture. Uh, if we have the rate cuts that are starting to happen or even to be hinted at, we could have lower interest rates uh, all across the curve and have a strong year for bonds, which would outperform equity. So it's not a common occurrence to see that, but I think 2024 could be one uh, such year. Yeah, and it's, it's it's very interesting, but uh, because I think we're going to pick a little fight here, uh, Sebastian. Not a big one, but a little one. <laughs> now, boys. Uh, so, so let's start with, with the part I agree. I think that bonds can do, you know, better than stock, but that's where it ends. I want to add a couple of things that will make it a bit different in terms of expectation. I think it's going to do better for the first months of the year when the recession will hit a little harder, and we're not going to be sure what's going to happen to profit. Uh, But after, I think that when rate cuts will happen, it will trigger a powerful, uh, you know, reason to buy stocks. I I think that the long-term bonds will be uh, already, you know, down enough that there will be money flowing from bonds to equity. And ultimately, I think that at the end of the year, when we're going to measure everything on on December 31st, stocks will do better than bonds. Maybe you're going to say I'm talking about my, you know, my my business. (laughs) After all, I'm a stock portfolio manager. But yeah, I believe that stock will do better than bonds in 2024. No, it could completely be possible too. Maybe I'll make a second one, a second bold call just to raise the odds of being right on at least one thing here. Uh, If we do have a recession in 2024, that means that when the recession ends, there's a new a new economic cycle and maybe even a new bull market that will rise from the ashes. And usually at the beginning of economic cycles, one currency that does pretty well is the Canadian dollar. So I would not be surprised if at the end of the year, the Canadian dollar is one of the best performing currencies, maybe all the way to 78 to 80 cents on the, on the dollar. Right now, it's about 73 cents. So that could be a very important factor in everyone's portfolios. Oh, that, that- that is music to my ear, Sebastian, because you know that as a Canadian portfolio manager, you know, when the Canadian dollar is doing well, it means that usually commodities are doing well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Canada is still well exposed to energy, base metal, and so on. So it means that the Canadian market uh, should do uh, also well. And, 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 you know, that's, you know, uh, join one of my uh, anticipation to or forecast is that the Canadian market will have an interesting year in return. I think that the chances are fair that uh, we will beat the U.S. market. Maybe not by a lot, like I said, but uh, yeah, it's good. it should be a good year for the Canadian market. 
All right. And if, you know, last question, what would have to happen at the start of the year for you to go back to the drawing board on your forecast? Yeah, that's an important question. So so what's the, the what's the bedrock here of, yeah. our, of our view? I would say that if, well, two things, one positive, one negative. The positive one is if China uh, decided, the administration over there decided to, you know, just change the strategy and just, you know, support growth in the short run and just, you know, kickstart the economy. That could have an impact on global growth. That could have an impact on global inflation. And that could delay the rate cuts that we've been talking here. And maybe that's not going to be as positive for equities or for risk sentiment if it happens. So the economy, optimistic scenario on the economy side could be negative for the markets. And the reverse would be, you know, when recessions strike, usually they strike quickly. You know, you expect them. They don't come and then suddenly, boom, it's there. If we have a stronger pullback on the U.S. economy, maybe that uh, would create some volatility at first, pushing for more rate cuts, much deeper rate cuts than what we've talked here. Maybe the U.S. stock market, market will, be, will behave much better than what we just discussed. Yeah, that's two uh, clear risks uh, that I see also. I would add uh, one because I think that it's all that, you know, situation started from too much inflation. Uh, it's going down. It's going down well. It's going down, you know, in some country faster than others. But they're all, you know, seeing inflation going down. If that, you know, movement stop for whatever reasons, you know, or it's, you know, the inflation starts to be stable, uh, that's where we can run into some some problems. Because as we said already, uh, it's important for the central banks to not fight the dragon, like I say, that beast, uh, the beast being the inflation, again, too soon in two, in a couple of months and a couple of quarters. So they will want to make sure that we are winning that fight for good before lowering interest rates or cutting the, 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 the Fed funds, for example, for the Fed. So we have to make sure that it will continue to go down that way. To me, that's an important thing to watch for that could, you know, sh uh, shovel again all the cards in the deck. Maybe a question for you, Ashley, just oh. to surprise you here, since you're <laughs> the resident geek. Is this the year that uh, artificial intelligence takes over the world? Oh, boy. I hope not, because we're not ready for Terminator. But, you know, I am a big fan of, you know, chat GPT and whatnot. So, who knows? Who knows? Everything went so quickly last year. So, maybe it will be the uh -oh. year. Or the year of the metaverse. Oh, that would be kind of cool, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of our episode on stock markets and predictions uh, for the year 2024. We hope you found the information interesting. And of course, thank you, Mark, for accepting our invitation. And thank you, Sebastian, also, as always. And to our listeners, we will see you next week. Love this podcast? Want to know more about economic news? Follow our In Your Interests podcast, available on all platforms. Visit the economic news page on ia.ca or follow us on social media.